Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time to groove with Grovey with the all-time great and one of only two men to run for more than 1,700 yards and pass for more than 4,000 in their UA career. Ben takes it, cuts inside to the 10 to the 5, he'll score. Touchdown. Quinn Grovey showing the great athletic ability, did it his way. Current Razorback broadcast analyst, Quinn Grovey. Groovin' with Grovey is brought to you by Petty Gene Meats, bringing you the best smoked meats for over four generations. Ask for Petty Gene Meats and taste the difference. All right. What's up, Q? How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Hanging out here in Dallas already. I'm down there Ooh. for a couple of meetings. I'm, mm-hmm. on, I'm on a bank board. Mm. Got meetings leading up to the uh, the game. So, okay. yeah, glad to be here already. That Ready sounds sounds legit. See, most people were like, oh, I had to come early because I have a meeting. meeting. Yeah, meeting <laughs> with the bar stool typically is what my meetings are if I'm leaving town early. But good for you. All right, so last week Arkansas got challenged. I don't think anybody was shocked by that. The fact that they were down 10 in the fourth quarter may have been a little bit disconcerting. But, um, you know, the turnovers are the thing you can't account for. Quinn, that's what I've been kind of harping on this week. You turn it over three times, you don't force one. You really cannot sort of plan for that. And Arkansas had some unforced errors there. You know, you have a ball go through one of your better receivers' hands. You have a fumble at the one-yard line. Otherwise, this is probably a reasonably comfortable win, but still some opportunities to learn. The good news is they did find a way to win the game, and uh, there's plenty to, to take away, though. What are the biggest takeaways for you, especially for Arkansas defensively after the Missouri State game? No, I totally agree with your assessment. I think if you don't have those three turnovers, uh, that game is completely different in Arkansas's favor. Uh, but, you know, Arkansas uncharacteristically turned the ball over. I mean, I just I didn't quite understand that. And you knew if you gave Missouri State and Bobby Petrino extra possessions without points, uh, that, could, that could cause some problems. So, uh, you know, this, this defense, uh, is, is from a secondary standpoint, I think that's the biggest thing that everybody is talking about. I mean, I love the fact that this defense is now applying pressure, uh, leading the country in sacks, tackles for losses. But then also they're giving up so many yards on the back end. They're, they're, they're allowing 14.1 yards per completion. So what it really comes down to is – we finally have the ability to get after you. I, I remember last couple of years, people were like, are we ever going to get a pass rush? Are we ever going to create a lost yardage play? Can we stop the run? And uh, will we ever, you know, sure up our, our pass defense? Well, see, I see, I see progression with this defense. I know people are focusing in on the back end and what's happening, but if you take a look at that defensive front, they're applying pressure. They're creating tackles for loss. They're only giving up 68 yards rushing per game. So they're doing two of the three things that we haven't been able to do in a long, long time. So I see this defense moving in the right direction. I believe Barry and and, uh, those guys will figure out what's going on on the back end. But, you know, when you lose two key players, uh, that hurts. But I I still see that this defense is moving in the right direction, even though we're giving up a lot of yards passing. Working on the assumption that Slusher's back this week, how much does that impact your feeling about the game with A&M? Well, I mean, it's good to have him back. He's got experience. Uh, he's a guy uh, that can see things. He can, when things go wrong, he can talk to people on the field. Uh, having him back is, is really, really critical since you know you don't have a Jalen catalog. So I'm I'm excited about the, 
potential of him coming back. I think he helps you out. But, I mean, he's been on the field, too, the last couple of years when people have been able to uh, to get passing yards. So uh, it's one of those things where uh, he's a leader on that defense. He's very physical at the point of attack. He can help in the run game. I, I just think having him back gives you comfort uh, from a from a, a standpoint of that he's going to communicate when they go motion and shift. He can identify what the uh, the formation is, can help help get people lined up so you don't give up that big play. Quinn, defensively with the, the sacks, do you think it's a it's a give and, and take type situation because? You know, in the past, we've seen them at times, you know, rush three and drop eight. And, you know, and they weren't getting beat and they were keeping everything in front of them. But, you know, you weren't uh, getting the pressure on the quarterback. Now they're getting after the quarterback and lead the country in the sacks. But at times, some of these corners or even a safety, they're playing man-to-man, they get beat and they give up some yards. Uh, is, is is that what it is, kind of a give or take with situation? Well, I mean, when you look at it, uh, and when, uh, the, the way the numbers show it, it's like, all right, we got a pretty good chance to get to you uh, from a quarterback perspective. We, Our guys have a pretty good chance to get to you. But then if we don't get to you, you got a pretty good chance of completing the pass and, and picking up big yards. So uh, the, the pressure and what they're doing, Jordan Dominic and, and Drew Sanders, to me, are the, are the two guys that are really, really um, – influencing what we're doing from a pressure standpoint. I also think you got to give you know, those guys on the inside, Isaiah Nichols and Terry Hampton, a lot of credit for pushing the pocket. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's give and take. It's, that's probably one of the most unique uh, stats I've seen with a team leading the country in sacks <laughs> and then, you know, giving up a lot of passing yards. So it goes feast and famine. I always said that pressure equals picks and picks equals sacks. And, and so um, – it's one of those things where this defense has got to come with the coverage aspect of it on the back end to help this defense continue to get better. Because, I mean, if they can do that, uh, this defense is, it can be very, very formidable. They, they they cannot afford to give up easy touchdowns. And thank goodness the passing guys have been on our side the last couple, mm. of, years, oh, last couple of weeks, and they've missed some people behind us. Uh, so that's, that's been good for us. But a lot of that could be attributed to, I mean, you know, Drew Sanders and the pressure. Jordan Dominic and Zach Williams and all those guys getting after you. So pressure will make you see things uh, <laughs> that, that, you don't, that you don't normally see. And so I think that's a combination on why some of those receivers have been missed because, quite frankly, if they hit some of those receivers, those passing, those passing yards numbers would be a little bit worse than what they are right now. Right. So, look, I, I, I just think – they're getting better in so many, so many ways and so many avenues. Uh, and, and, and I trust, you know, Barry, I trust uh, this staff to, to, to come up with something and figure out how to keep from giving up easy points. If they, if they can tackle in space and not give up something easy, with the way this Arkansas offense runs the football, the way they can eat up time of possession, the way they can kick it in gear and score in two plays if they want to, uh, it, it, it can be a, a very special year. Talking to Quinn Groby on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. It's brought to you by Petty Jean Meats. Some big chunks last week in the passing game. Matt Landers obviously having his best game as a Razorback. Seven catches on eight targets. 123. But a 47-yard pass to him. 38 to Hazelwood. Trey Knox, 21. The easiest 73-yard completion KJ's ever going to have to rock it. And 63 to Keytron Jackson. Um, or 64, rather, excuse me, among the, uh, the big plays for Arkansas. Um, do you think they can... Continue to do that against teams, and especially 
with Rocket going the way he is, uh, what kinds of opportunities do you see in the vertical passing game going forward? You know, I still think that they, they, they want to do more in the vertical passing game. I, I still don't think it's, it's where they actually want it to be. But the one thing I will say is if you can run the football and beat people up on a regular basis, that is probably the most convenient thing that you can have on an offense. Mm. You can work through some of those other things. The question is, will you be able to beat up an Alabama at the line of scrimmage? Will you be able to beat up you know, Texas A&M this weekend? That will be the question. I mean, they did it last year. I mean, they led the Power Five in rushing. We all know that. They're, they're on track to do that again. So I think unquestionable that this team can run the football. And when you can run the football, you do that first and foremost. you you got to let that team know, hey, we're going to run it down your throat. Now, you know, I think that the game Saturday with Missouri State, I think Kendall and KJ wanted to try to expand and push the ball down the field just a little bit more. I mean, there were times where KJ probably could have pulled it down and, and taken off, and we know he can do that. There are times where KJ can, you know, go all the way through the uh, progression and, and check down. We know we can do that. Uh, so it's, it's, I think they were really trying to find ways to push the ball down the field because of the opponent, but you, know, you get into the fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, you, you're in a dog fight. So uh, maybe you have to scrap all the plans that you had intended and just really go out and win the football game. But I, I think that they wanted to push the ball down the field a little bit more. It just hasn't happened the way um, that – I think most people expect, you know, you see Traylon Burks running behind people and, and winning the battle down the sideline. And so we just haven't seen a whole lot of that. I think you'll continue to see that. But I'll tell you right now, I'm telling you, as long as you can run the football, that's one heck of a luxury that allows that passing game to come along. I won't call and he still threw for 385, right? <laughs> sure did. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. now he did get that. He did get out. You know, I always give, I used to give Andre Ware a lot of, uh, you know, crap about the you know the little shovel passes for seventy five yards and the little flare routes on the outside and the guys. Hey, I said you ain't putting in no work. When I throw it, I gotta throw it all the way down the field for somebody <laughs> to catch it. You just living it out there. But they all count. But I think that that when you look at that with Rocket, you know those twenty two carries. I mean, he did a lot of work in the passing game along the the line of scrimmage, and he had to. He, so some of those passes could be considered runs. I mean, from a yardage standpoint and what he had to do from an ability standpoint. So, I, you know, I'm just, you know, he, Rocket, somebody's going to have to start talking about Rocket as one of the best running backs in the country. And uh, I've been beating that drum, and so we're going to have to get some of these national guys to join in because he has been very, very good. Well, if he goes over 200 in total yardage against A&M again, like he did last week, I imagine he'll start getting that conversation on a regular basis. Let me ask you about uh, the run game with KJ. I won't call it a mandate, but do you think there was an emphasis on keeping him out of the run game a little bit more last week? Uh, you know, I think that when you when you play a team like Missouri State, an FCS opponent, you feel like you can do what you want to do. I think coming into the game, they're like, let's let's work on our conventional run game. Um, you know, and KJ is going to get heavily involved in the run game when Kendall feels like we need a spark or or we feel like they're stopping our initial run. I mean, we've talked about it several times. The run game with Rocket is really, really good. The inside zone, the outside zone, the G power, you know, all the stuff that they're doing. But when teams start really honing in on that, they've got that power mindset, and they're trying to, you know, go against those big offensive linemen and dealing with that. And then all of a sudden, then you run a, a zone read, and now I'm, I'm left unblocked. And like, okay, what do I do? Who do I take? 
And so they have a power run game that's very, very strong. And then they can flip the script on you and go finesse. And so I think that's when you see K.J. get involved. When you see K.J. get heavily involved in the run game, that means that defense is, is kind of honing in on what we're doing in our basic run game. And that's a component that a lot of teams don't have. They don't have a quarterback that can do what he does. And then they don't have a lot of they don't they don't have to deal with a lot of quarterbacks that are six three, two forty five coming down the pike that can get to the house on you. So that's a luxury for this Arkansas football team. They have a strong running game, but they have a two prong run game that can open up everything else. And so I, I look at KJ with not uh, what do he have last week? Nine carries. Yep. He's been close to eighteen and 19 the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. I'm okay with getting the carries down. Uh, but you can rest assured, if Arkansas is in a tight battle, and and uh, you can rest assured that KJ is going to have a high carry load. The replay of the game is on the SEC Network right now, and KJ just fumbled, and so uh, let's have a moment of silence. Okay, no more of that this week. Uh, we're talking to Quinn Grovey on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. It's brought to you by our friends at Petty Jean Meats. There's another guy who's a dynamic player that did not appear last week. And we are expecting or hopeful that maybe Malik Hornsby will be involved a little more significantly this week as an X-Factor against A&M. Any idea what happened last week and what do you expect to see from him or do you expect to see him, period, this week? Oh, I think you'll continue to see him um, in a package. And and I, I will always say, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I know he didn't play last week. But the times where he, they brought him in and put him in a package, I, I think that package has been really, really disruptive for the defensive coordinator. And, and I say that because everybody knows that Malik can flat out run past you. Nobody knows if Malik can catch a ball. I mean, nobody, I mean, <laughs> nobody knows that if, if he runs past you and he's wide open, can he catch it? But everybody is so afraid of the speed. And I was wondering who's going to be the coverage dictator on this football team. Of course, Burks was the coverage dictator last year, and he would allow you to understand where they're playing. Okay, man on one side, but you know that safety's going to be over the top on 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 Burks' side. I was wondering who was going to be the de facto coverage dictator on this team. And I promise you, every time Malik runs into the game, defensive coordinators are like, "Oh my God, okay," because they they're <laughs> thinking, "Okay, Kendall Browse is not putting this guy in there because that'd be just for you know for giggles." Right, and so uh, he can cause you a lot of problems, and and they know too that if if KJ and Malik are on the field at the same time, they happen to put Malik at quarterback. Now that zone read really turns into something different. I mean, you got to play responsibility football, but if you slip up and allow him to get outside, you can get it. It's going to be an easy touchdown. So Arkansas is looking at creating confusion and chaos with. Malik in the game at the shot at the quarterback position and at the wide receiver position. So I, I, I think you'll continue to see a small package of that. I don't think you overdo it. Malik is not a wide receiver. He, look, he does not want to be a wide receiver, but what he wants to do is help the football team and get on the field as much as he possibly can. But that's that's how you do it with the package. I, I, I like the amount of what Kendall's doing right now. This is not a whole game package. I mean, for me, it, in my opinion, it's not a whole game package. It's something you drop in and you force them to work on. They have to work on it. And uh, I think anytime you can take away from uh, practice where they have to work on something that they may see or may not see, that's an advantage for you. And I think I think Sam and Kendall understand that. 
But uh, getting Malik on the field is, is critical. Uh, I, I don't know if you should do it more than what you're doing right now because I think having a small package that they have to focus in on is, is big. Because Malik is not going to be your leading receiver. He's not going to be your leading receiver. He's not going to do all that. And uh, But using him in the, in the capacity that you are, I think, is really, really smart. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, Landers, uh, he showed me something. Uh, he's already shown me something, but last week – I think he's opening some eyes. I think you're going to see more and more of Landers. Absolutely. You, you have to. I mean, Landers and Hazelwood and, and, and Thompson, I mean, I think all three of those guys, they have a chance to really create problems for the defense and, and with their size, uh, with their speed, with their route running ability. Yeah, I, you know, I, I like all three of them. And I like where they're progressing. I think they're progressing at a nice rate, even though I think most people would like to see more explosive plays. But Landers is averaging 15.1 yards per catch. You know, Hazelwood is averaging 12.2 yards per catch. Thompson is at 10.8. So it's one of those things where you've got three wide receivers who are still trying to figure it out and and get involved. But, again, when you have a powerful running game, it's – you know, sometimes it's hard to to get that mm-hmm. up and running. And that's why I think they really tried to stress it versus Missouri State because you need to do it on the field. You need to complete those big plays on the field. And But I think Matt Landers is a guy who can go up and high point the ball. Uh, he can catch it. He's smart. And, uh, yeah, Wes, I, I agree with you. I think Matt Landers is, is really starting to try to take the alpha dog role at the wide receiver position. Why is A&M favored? Uh, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I looked at that. I was like, I don't understand what uh, well, Vegas. I mean, look, <laughs> I ain't gonna argue with Vegas. I, I, I've tried to argue with Vegas, but I, you can't argue with Vegas. No, but but it's it's. I, I think a lot has to do with them taking a look at you know all the all the people they brought in, the talent that they have. But I think the biggest thing is, and I've said it the season started. I didn't think Haynes King was going to be the quarterback that was going to allow A&M to be as successful as they needed to be. And we saw that. I mean, they were trying to run it, do all this option stuff with Haynes King and all that kind of stuff. And I always thought that with Max Johnson transferring to A&M, he was probably going to be the starter at some point in time. And he's a, he's a guy that can throw it. Uh, he can he can run it. And he's very sneaky in the run game, too. And But it, you know, being the, the the son of a former NFL and Super Bowl winning quarterback, I just see him being a calming force for this offense. Now, last week he only passed for 140 yards. But still, you felt like A&M felt different. I mean, when they had Kane King in there, you was like, okay, something, something bad is really about to happen. <laughs> but even with Max Johnson, you felt like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to get it back. I may take a sack, but I'm going to get it back. And he feels... It, it, for, to me, he feels more of a safe option with big playability, and so I think that's why they switched to him. And to me, that's 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 the only reason. Because if Haynes King was the quarterback right now, I, I promise you, Vegas would not have A and M favored at two and a half. And I think that's the biggest. And you hate to put it on yeah. a kid like that. I, I do too. Know, but I, they'd, I'm not. They'd I, also be riding two game losing streak. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. All right, Quinn, we got to run. I appreciate Thanks, the man. time. Thanks to Petty Jean Meads. Appreciate Quinn. Have fun over in Dallas when you're not working. And uh, we That's will talk. Right. I'm going right back down there right now. Okay. Going back to the, the board meeting. You tell the, you tell the bank board that we said hello, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. 
All right, buddy. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. All right, Quinn Groby, ladies and gentlemen.